Welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture biology podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery. Today, we are talking about Toothless and how to train your dragon, but mainly Toothless. (laughs) Right. So yes, we watched one of our all-time favorite movies, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, which came out in 2010 and is a delightful tale of a adorable dragon who meets a young boy and convinces him to help him um, relearn how to fly after getting injured. It's also about Vikings and stuff, but Toothless is the best part. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, um, did we go to the theater together to see this? I was trying to remember. It came out in 2010, which is when I was unemployed, and I was going to the movies uh, in the middle of the day on in weekdays with whoever was off that day. So we saw a lot of movies. So probably, um, like I know that was when we saw Fantastic Mr. Fox and we got in trouble. Um, I went to the movies with... I went to the movies and to the bar... <laughs> With Ross a lot, because he was unemployed also. Yeah, but we've definitely watched it together at least a couple other times. Yeah, because it was also in the movies in the park. Oh, yeah. Uh, In White Rock, I think we went. Yes, when that first started. Lindsay, when, like, other than, you know, obviously just general pop culture, but, like, how do you feel about dragons? Oh, I feel good about dragons. I guess, well, like, I guess I knew about dragons when I was young because I was a, brought up on Disney puffy VHSs. Yeah. Uh, even though we didn't have Sleeping Beauty, but oh. that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. it was like, we, no, we had Cinderella and then the, the new ones. Yeah. Um, and like, and Peter Pan. Yeah. Did you have, um, Pete's, did you see Pete's dragon as a kid? I don't know if I ever did. Like, we didn't get really into the, um, animated peep live action ones except for Mary Poppins which we also didn't own so I know it was sad but we did own Sound of Music and we watched that a lot but that doesn't have anything to do with dragons just Nazis <laughs> uh, um, so like I you know dragons existed I knew who Pete's dragon was and Puff the Magic Dragon and all of yeah. that stuff but then I read The Hobbit when I was 12 right so that kind of went from there what about you? Um, kind of the same. And then um, when I was probably like 11 or 12, my mom got me reading the Dragon Riders of Pern books by Anne McCaffrey. And then I loved dragons because those dragons are amazing. Um, and then, yeah, like I've since read bajillions of mostly forgettable fantasy moves, uh, books about dragons and stuff. But the Pern ones are my faves. So, yeah. Yeah. And then... This movie came out and and Enchanted also and it, has a oh dragon. Yeah, Enchanted has a cool dragon. I don't know. Well, there was I'm, Dragon I'm, Heart. Oh, I, I loved that movie. Oh man, I should watch that movie again. We should. Maybe we should watch it for this later. We could. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that movie for a million years either. Man, so good. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely. I prefer my dragons to be good guys. Like I don't. I don't know. Like, dragon, dragons as the villains are kind of, like, not that interesting to me. Yeah. Which is also kind of the reason why I like Smog because, like, he was a dick, but also so were the dwarves. So... 
Yeah, Bilbo's like everybody. A re- yeah, Bilbo's really the only good guy in that book. Yeah. Kind kind of. Kind of. And anyway. <laughs> See our Hobbit episode where we yes, read exactly. about the Hobbit, mostly, and don't talk about much biology. No, true story. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, so, Lindsay, do you want to give us a little toothless summary? Yeah, I just forgot to say these were also books. Oh, before or after the movie? Before. Oh. And I didn't look up, I did look up the author, but I didn't write it down. It was a woman. And, and she gave permission for some of the changes. Um, toothless was supposed to be different looking and also had different characteristics. And they changed him for the better. Um, and she was okay with that. Uh, and that, I think that's the only one I read about the changes. But... Um, yes, now I can talk to you about Toothless, who I love with all my heart, because he is adorable. And if you don't love him, you're dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so as we go on, it is, um, we're talking about the first movie, um, and that is all, except I might have a small rant about the second movie later, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so Toothless is a night fury, no one ever sees them, they're very dark, Obviously, because they're black and very stealthy, and they don't know anything about them. Uh, when he is caught, his tail is injured. Like, his one side of his tail is completely gone, which is a yeah. strange thing, because the rope went around his entire body, and the rest of the body's fine, and I don't know... My thought was, <sighs> like, he got it stuck somewhere and he was falling, right? Like... Yeah. Um, yeah, or, like, it broke off when he, like, crash-landed. Yeah, those, that would those make bones sense. are really like small. Mm-hmm. Um, in well, we'll talk about bones later, but um, yeah, like the the webbing or whatever, like pretty thin. So like, or if it got like you know brushed against a tree while going really fast, it could have broken off. Mm-hmm. Kind of. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. He other than that, he has um, retractable teeth Ooh. and some other features that are brought up in other movies. But he can fly and prance and is kind of sentient um, and has very good relationships with humans uh, and can understand, like, weapons and drawing things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I don't care because he's adorable. Um, he's inspired by cats, obviously, and dogs and horses. His face shape was inspired by a giant, giant salamander and also Stitch, oh. who is that makes not sense, a dragon. Actually. The but eyes yeah. and sort of, mm-hmm. yeah. Like the the eyes, definitely. Yeah. Um, and his sounds, like, I actually, this is why I started looking things up, is because I mm-hmm. thought maybe they used the same sounds as they used in Jurassic Park, because it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they may have, because of uh, some of the things I think sound are the same, but... A lot of the sounds were made by the sound designer, um, which is funny. Maybe it, it might have been the sound director. I'm sorry if that was the wrong title, but it was a guy making yeah. some of those sounds. But also elephant seals, elephants, horses, tigers, and house cats, obviously. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess if you like play around with the pitch of all those different ones, you'd get some like unfamiliar sounding sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like it was just kind of mainly the stuff that he makes at the beginning when he's kind of moaning and stuff sounds a lot like... Yeah. Whales, like, you know, like sounds you would, like, when you got a whale sound and you changed it to sound like something else, which is, sounds a lot like, I don't know, the sick Triceratops and Jurassic Park kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
those all sound the same but yeah um yeah i think in that sort of initial scene when we start or not scene but like the sort of montage when we start meeting um toothless and stuff like it's such a cool thing because you you learn more about these um dragons in general but um night furies in particular because hiccup is like this sort of curious scientist like he's recording and learning from it he's like um iterating through his process like he has really good scientific discovery and curiosity um Mm -hmm. so yeah like he's just trying to figure out like how to help really and how to um like what the problem is and how to fix it so that was yeah cool, like, totally to see a kid yeah. learning to be a scientist yeah and like he starts off as this inventor and then but he's like i guess most inventors are scientists like look at um da vinci yeah um at least the da vinci from ever after which is probably not a true <laughs> real <laughs> close enough but still like he's an inventor and he's like always causing trouble um but then he just wants to learn and he just wants to do better and then he figures out how to get toothless to fly again and at that point then he's like oh wait i'm tired of being a scientist i just want to be a teenage boy riding a dragon which (laughs) sounds good fair enough to me especially then when your your girlfriend wraps her arms around you so (laughs) so cute yeah (sighs) but as we know like then he just keeps doing like more research after that so yeah because he's he's trying to learn about all the other dragons too Mm -hmm. yeah scientist speaking of other dragons the other things we know uh about dragons that are in this movie is that they have blind spots just like dinosaurs somebody watched jurassic park before they wrote (laughs) this movie (laughs) um they all have a number a certain number of shots of fire? I don't know what the correct term is there. Yeah. Um, and that's different per species, uh, and, but it's not stated how long they need to wait before that starts again. Yeah, like, is it they only get that many shots, like, per night, per hour, yeah. per ten minutes? Um, it seems like, though, as much as the Vikings are, like, fighting them, like, they've learned a lot about mm-hmm. them, which is cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, they're disoriented, especially from disoriented from flying by loud, like banging noises. Um, some of them at least breathe gas to light their fire. So if their heads get wet, they can't shoot fire. I don't know. Like they, except a lot of them have like show like the gas like brewing in the back of their mouth, and then they yeah. shoot fire. So I guess you could say that they have different lands. One to yeah. do each. I don't know. That might make sense. There was something I listened to and it was about breathing fire and it was basically like, yeah, there's two glands that like, so that there's not a combustion inside their body. Like the two um, materials from the two glands mix like as they're coming out of the mouth and then make a flame. Like a volcano. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Not a a real volcano. The baking soda and vinegar volcano. The the science, (laughs) the chemistry class volcanoes. Yeah. Yeah. Volcanoes are uh, not based on chemical reactions. What? <laughs> My entire life is ruined. I never made a volcano. Did you make one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many. How so many? many. I don't know. Well, I worked at Science World for a while, so... Oh, that's true. So you made them a lot. <laughs> yeah. We didn't actually do that many there, because I think most kids had done them already. I made at least one for my class, and then helped my younger siblings with them for sure oh, man so jealous yeah 
We can um, make a volcano with our small people when they are big enough to. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, dragons in this movie, all, all dragons, uh, love the smell of grass. <sighs> hate eels. Um, enjoy chasing light, like cats do. Um, and then the biggest weird thing that's frustrating is that they all have this hive-like quality to feed one large queen. Um, queen in quotation marks. The queen is a different species than all uh, than all of these other ones. There only seems to be one of them. Um, and all those different species feed this animal. Whether or not it's a true hive uh, colony kind of system where it is the queen, um, that's just how they speculate it and how they explain it, uh, how Astrid um, explains what's going on. Um, we don't know if it's female, we just call it the queen. Uh, it's called, according to IMDb, it's called the Red Death Dragon, which is pretty intense. Um, that's, a, that's a dragon name. Yeah, uh, <laughs> even though it's not red, so that's weird. Um, all uh, And all these dragons have the ability to find the nest, or the yeah. queen, the nest toning system, which is a thing that happens in other animals, which we'll get to a bit later. But this, the weirdest thing to me is that like, they don't seem to be getting anything out of it. It's not like this queen is protecting them. I guess they have a place to live, but they're dragons. Yeah. And I it's just in a rocky island. I wasn't sure if it was as much queen as more sort of mafia, kind of, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, bring me food so I don't eat you. Yeah. Because she could eat almost all of them. Yeah, but she's not very fast. Like, Toothless outflies her, yeah. speed-wise. So... Yeah, it's like, you know, so, like, they're paying for, like, protection and stuff. It seemed more, like, mm, intentional Yeah, than the queen structure, but maybe that's just me reading into it. No, that makes sense. It's just, like, but the biological um, ability for them to find the island doesn't make sense with that theory. Migratory birds? Yeah, but the migratory birds get something. I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't know. Dragons are special. It's true. It's just mainly that bothers me that it's all the different species, because that's not how species work. Yeah. Yeah, like, you support the queen because it supports your species to procreate and and spread your genes. Yeah. That's why, like, colonial structures exist, so. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um... But yeah, they that's the uh, main stuff we learned about those dragons. They have very mm-hmm. similar characteristics to normal dragons and birds and dinosaurs and other reptiles. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, Lindsay, you should put in the show notes when you do them that picture. Uh, I think it's more based on like footage for the third movie that's coming out, but that axolotl picture of oh. The, oh yeah i remember you found the, that the it's like a leucistic or like an albino um axolotl and a normal axolotl so axolotls are like um uh, amphibians that uh, keep their gills into adulthood so they're aquatic like fully aquatic um amphibians and they're really cute and so yeah there's this picture and it's like two axolotls and it's just like, like the black one or like the dark brown black one mm-hmm. looks so much like toothless and then yeah so cute. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go on my slowly short rant about the second movie and the third movie. Um, from a biology point, like we were just going to talk about the first movie, but I watched the second movie because I love Toothless 
And I also love how Hiccup Neville Longbottomed. Um, yeah. And also he was the first character to, I think, to have that verb attached to him besides from Neville. But anyway, I love both of them in very different ways. <laughs> so all of the stuff about the queen or whatever you want to call the Red Death Dragon in the first movie is super 100% contradicted in the second movie. When mm. there are alphas, there seems to be two alphas. One is like, they're like, this is the queen. Like, normally there's queens, but this is the king, which makes no sense from a biological aspect. It really bothers me from a fe- feminist as- aspect, and Kate Blanchett shouldn't have said those words. But anyway. Um, and then it's all like the alphas can control them in like mind control ways, which is just makes me think about the Lunar Chronicles. <laughs> and also has nothing to do with how real alphas work in alpha systems in nature. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so that was, a, again, that's the main plot of the second yeah. movie. It's so like that's a picked, big issue. They picked some like biology words yeah. about like social structure, but not really using, like this word does not mean what you think it means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then in the third movie, which we haven't seen, um, the fem- uh, as you just mentioned, the female version of the Night Fury is different, which could just be sexual dimorphism, but they call it a Light Fury, which is cute and funny, and they probably don't know how species are named because they're Vikings, but it still yeah. bothers me. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I'm you talk now. <laughs> so, um, mostly when I was watching this movie, I was trying to figure out how dragons might have evolved. Um, and I think we spoke about this a little bit in uh, The Hobbit when we were talking about smog, how like all terrestrial vertebrates, so animals with backbones that live on land, all have four limbs. If they are birds, they have two wings instead of their four limbs, and then they have legs. Um, we have <laughs> two arms and two legs. Bats have two wings and two legs. Like, everything has four legs. So for... Oh, sorry. What are you laughing at? Pelvic girdles. Oh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm getting there. <laughs> so fish, if you look at a fish, um, have a bunch of fins, but in, the ones that we're really caring about in terms of evolving limbs are their pelvic fins and their pectoral fins. Those are paired fins, so they have like two at the top, like the pectorals, like think about your pectoral muscles, and two... Mm-hmm at their pelvis, like their where your pelvis is. And mm-hmm. so that's where those came from. Um, but so those are like extra structures that grow out of their spine that turn into things like a pelvic girdle. <laughs> that was just for Lindsay. It's like her favorite word. <laughs> that makes me sound like a, like a weird sicko. It's a really long story, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so fish have this pelvic girdle even um if you think about whales that don't have hind limbs they still have like little tiny bones like down near like where their hip bones would be they're just like really small um and so for dragons to then have in at least toothless's case and i think most of them had four limbs Mm -hmm. and then two pairs of wings so like that's more paired structures that needed to come from somewhere and they're growing out of their spine. So there's kind of like a few ways this could happen. And one I was thinking was like, if um, dragons evolved from fish, 
like separately, like directly from uh, fish, but not the same fish that came onto land to make mm-hmm. all the other vertebrates that we know about. So, um, like these, this fish ended up having like more sets of paired fins, hmm. or the wings are based on medial fins that are like come out of their spines. So, like a, the dorsal fin on a fish could somehow like split in two. And yeah, that those would be wings. Or something like um, Gadiformes, which is the cod family, and they have three dorsal fins. Yeah, exactly. So like they have yeah, like and other some fish have like multi like yeah, Gadiformes have three dorsal fins, um, and uh, like some onids have a dorsal fin and another fin along their dorsal ridge as well. Um, like yeah, so those could be turning into wings somehow, mm-hmm. um, and then. The one of the things like that they think the myth of dragons might have come from was people um, before they knew what evolution was and like that animals went extinct and stuff finding bits of fossils. And so, um, if you look at a Stegosaurus fossil, and imagine you found a Stegosaurus fossil, but it's not all nicely put together like we know it is. You just found like a few bony plates that kind of look like they're broken on the edges, and then you found like a backbone and some legs and like. Yeah, I don't know. You could Yeah. You could probably think that those those bony plates were wings and like the bony plates stick out both sides too, right? Mm-hmm. So um dragons could have even evolved from stegosauruses rather than fishes. Who knows? True story. Who knows? Um yeah, so the other part of how to train your dragon is the domestication of these dragons, right? So in the beginning, the dragons are seen as these really horrendously vicious creatures, stuff to be afraid of. Like a similar parallel would be wolves in um, human history, or like real human history. And so, wolves, like it, I don't know exactly the um, path, and I don't think anybody really knows exactly exactly what happened because it happened in a bunch of you know it's in several occurrences, sort of like throughout history. These wolves would. Um, seem like they were less fearful of humans, able to be more social, or maybe they were as babies and they were raised up and then those ones that are more social like get bred to be domesticated eventually. Except that dragons, in this case, it's just like all dragons are capable of being social. It just sort of depends on their personality. So mm-hmm. it's not really that they become domesticated. Like at the end, um, Hiccup refers to them as like the coolest pets. But to me, it seems more like they're um, like partners or pe- like other people that just live with them and they like choose to live with the humans and pair up with them. Maybe like they live with the humans so that they don't have to like give all their food to yeah the dragon queen. Yeah, I didn't well, like the-, the term pets either because it was very like it's a hard it's a hard way to describe these animals and the relationships that like because the relationships are the are a huge part of these movies and what makes them so great. Yeah, um, is their is their friendship the two of them, and it's like you can't look at that friendship and call them call Toothless's pet. Like it's very yeah, it's strange. way more strange. Yeah, like it's more like a like a horse and his rider kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like and I don't know what I guess Steed. It's more, of a, it's more of a partnership than yeah. It's a partnership pet owner because mm-hmm. like. Yeah, like, you can love your pets as much, but the, like, counterpart to a pet is an owner. 
Yeah. Whereas, like, that seems weird with yeah, these dragons. with these dragons. So, yeah. And again, this is definitely, like, my love of Pern and those dragons, because in that case, the dragons and the humans, like, each, there's, a like, a psychic bond between a dragon mm-hmm. and a person, and they, like, like, if the person dies, the dragon commits suicide. Like, um, and it's very much just how that, that partner, it's, yeah, it's definitely a partnership rather than a pet and so that's how i like to see um the dragons in the fighting yeah. island more mm-hmm. than yeah i think it's like a combo of like that and kind of um the daemons from what oh call yeah it? Um, dark materials mm-hmm. um and and stuff and like steeds like um like you know i don't know cowboys and knights and those kinds of things where like yeah. horses the horses weren't their pets and they weren't like their working transport vehicle. They were like had a super important relationship together, and they understood one another. And they did sort of kind of like Aragon and yeah. his horse, and Gandalf yeah. and Shadowfax, like those kinds of relationships. Or, like, yeah, they um, protected each other and that kind of stuff. Or even like um, like working animals, like service dogs. Yeah, like those aren't pets. Exactly, right? it's like yeah. a partnership between that animal. And the person, and they work together to do stuff, or like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so like guide dogs or like working dogs of any kind or working animals, like, yeah, it's, yeah, so I don't know, I think, but at the same time, like Hiccup, it's a kids movie, so yeah, using a more complicated term than pet is true, challenging, yeah. So yeah, because yeah, we just spent five minutes figuring out what else to call them. Yeah, so. so they probably couldn't either. It's a it's a working partnership of yes. friendships. It's um the best friend horses from a bim bam stronger together <laughs> collaborate team collaborate team. Um yeah, like I think friends or partners or something like that would have been a better yeah mm-hmm. a better representation of what actually is happening because like yeah. the way they show it um is not really like their pets. Yeah. Yay! Yay, yay. Would, Linz, would you re- recommend that I watch the second one? Uh, yes. Did you watch okay. it with us with I've seen it. I just haven't yeah. seen it. Since I think it, like, this is the first time I watched it since it came out, or maybe, like, the second time. I did go mm-hmm. through, um, I did go down a deep hole, I think, when I had my wisdom teeth out of watching the TV show. Mm. Um, the, I highly recommend the Christmas episode, because it's peak toothless adorable maleness. Um, and makes you feel all Christmassy. Although I I wouldn't, yeah, I probably made you watch it. That's the only episode of the TV show I've seen. Yeah. I didn't have my wisdom teeth out in June, but I watched it anyway. Whatever. I had my wisdom (laughs) teeth out, guys. Leave me alone. (laughs) Um, nice, nice. Um, so the second one does pluses and minuses. The story is not great. Yeah. Um, most of the story is not great, but. Toothless is adorable. Like, I I watched it while I worked. Right. So, um, yeah. And I don't think yeah. you need to see it before we go to the third one, if we can find a date to go to it in the next mm-hmm. week. Um, I didn't even realize it was actually out. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're doing It's not out. Yeah, it's out on Friday. That's why we're doing this oh. episode right now. <laughs> because I can't handle it. I already kind of know what happens because I was YouTubing um, things. Good times. Anyway, um, yes, I yeah. recommend everyone watch all of them because Toothless is the best and he makes you feel better about basically everything. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, I just want a dragon that looks at me 
like yeah. toothless looks like Ast- looks at mm-hmm. Astrid. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, like just um, I read on the IMDb. I think I th- yeah that it was um, Spielberg who because it was DreamWorks. So mm-hmm. at the end when spoilers for How to Train Your Dragon um, when Hiccup wakes up. Um, they specifically they didn't want it to be like a pet relationship like a boy and his dog they specifically put Toothless in the bedroom with him so he could be with him when he finds out that he doesn't have a leg anymore Yeah. Um, so he could be with him on that journey and it was like oh yeah I love that too and like that his prosthetic fits in his harness I know yeah so he really does become almost like a service animal also Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah, and that that part is just so adorable because Toothless is like, like he goes and like sniffs it. He's like, "Whoa, what's this?" But he's also like so excited for him to be awake and like, "Hey, let's play!" And you know, yeah. and you're not dead because I rescued you because I wrapped you up in all my wings. <laughs> oh, god, such a good movie. I think my favorite part is when the dad dives in and to get him out from underwater. Yes. And he's like, like <laughs> yeah, my favorite part plot wise, my favorite part other part wise is obviously the montage of Toothless learning to do things because how do you yes. not? The, and rolling uh, in the grass. Rolling in the grass. And then this, the just a shot of him putting his hand out and oh. Toothless touching his hand. Ugh. So good. Yeah, so good. So good. The, the theme think, is so good too, the music. Uh, mm. Yes. I think also I really love that, um, like, girls are allowed to fight dragons mm-hmm. yeah. in the movie. And one thing that was really interesting was at the end, or not at the end, when um, Hiccup's dad is telling him that he's proud of him, oh, when he like wins the dragon mm-hmm. competition thingy, uh, he's telling him he's really proud of him, and like he's really, like, you're a true Viking now, and blah, blah, blah. And like the one thing that like would be really stereotypical to say, but that his dad, like, deliberately doesn't say is that like you're a man now yeah like yeah. being able to fight dragons isn't a manly thing it's just mm-hmm. a thing that everybody does yeah yeah and i really a, liked that yeah it's a viking thing not a masculinity thing yes yeah and i like like it's a running joke and i think it's a three beat of like stop being all this and then he's like mm-hmm. you just gestured to all three all of me and it, like and none of that is like stop being wimpy stop being like you gotta man up stop like yeah be stronger, like, nothing of that is that. They're talking like that because they can't explain how quirky he is. It has nothing to do with his bodily strength. Like, he's pretty strong for the size that he is. Like, yeah, he can no, do a lot of things. He's um, strong, but it's more that he's he'd rather focus on, like, his inventions and creativity and stuff, and they don't see how that connects to yeah. their, like, life-and-death struggle to fight these dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it has yeah. nothing to do with masculinity, which I really like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and Astrid is great. Like, oh, um, awesome. yeah, she has nothing, like, she doesn't really have any issues at all. She's very unstereotypical, aside from the fact that she's wearing a skirt. But she also yeah. has tights on because she lives on a Viking island somewhere. Yeah, where it in... snows nine months of the year and yeah. the other three. Exactly. And they do pass um, the uh, Bechdel test because they talk about dragons. Um, yeah. And yeah. also, like, she's the one that, like, kisses him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and she's the one who decides that it's the queen. Like, she has her own mind, and she comes up with all these ideas, and she comes up with a plan, and she's the one who tells him, she's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, something stupid. And she's like, good. 
Like, she's the one who, like, goads him into going to do what he should be doing. Um, He doesn't have to, like, rescue her really at all. Like, Toothless rescues her, but... Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, The only thing I... I mean, I like the name Astrid. I think it's a really good name. But, like, all the other kids have these, like, names that are meant to scare the dragons away. And, like, Astrid's just a kind of normal name. Mm -hmm. So I wish she had, like, more of a... Yeah, that's true. a A gross name, but... Yeah. That's okay. It's pretty minor. Yeah, minor issue. Um, and America Ferrera does her voice. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Kristen Wiig is the other girl, the twin. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, which is funny because it was before she was super famous, but she's still she's in the third one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like that character, her like that's tough nut and rough nut, and so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and like know. she has nothing to do with being a girl either. Like she's not called out for being a girl, no, um, at all. She's just yeah. a twin. Like you, yeah, exactly. So I liked that that it was at least in like, the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not talking about the other movies. No, it's true story. Yeah. Anyway, yet, yet, yet. Okay, so, so yeah. I could talk about toothless all day. But I'll try not to. Indeed. Indeed. I guess the one thing that we haven't talked about yet is, like, the the biology or the evolutionarily, like, psychology of why we find animals cute. But mm-hmm. we can find another episode to do that in. It's true. There's so many cute animals in the world that we can talk yeah. about. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's a, str- it's a weird domestic thing. And the thing you pointed out with wolves... And then they were domesticated and evolved as domesticated animals, and that's how we have Dachshunds. Yeah, and, like, Chihuahuas and, like, Huskies and, yeah. Yeah, so. (laughs) So crazy. So crazy. All right, well, thanks for joining us today on Nature Finds a Way. Uh, You can check us out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Nature Finds a Pod. You can check out our our website for the podcast at naturefindsapod.com. You can subscribe or give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. See you next time. And fair warning, all of our Instagram, all of our social media feeds will be filled with toothless gifts for the next two weeks. Deal with it. And beyond. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) Okay, bye! Okay, bye!